Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. I have the very great privilege today to share with you from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. John's Gospel is my favorite of all four Gospels, and John, chapter 1, is one of my absolute favorite chapters in the entire Bible. And so the author, John the Apostle, is also known as John the Beloved. He may have been Jesus' first cousin and also related to John the Baptist as well. He was a fisherman in partnership with uh, three of the other early apostles, James, Andrew, and Peter. He was a Jewish man who was well familiar with Jewish customs, and this comes through in the writing of his gospel. John had some type of personal knowledge of the events that he wrote about. These were not things that were reported to John. He was an eyewitness to many of the things that he wrote about. He was probably an early disciple of John the Baptist before he came to Jesus. And John, along with Peter and James, shared a deeper relationship with Jesus than any of the other apostles. John had access to the high priest and apparently knew him personally, according to John chapter 18. He was the only disciple known to have witnessed the trial and crucifixion of Jesus firsthand. You may remember the others fled, but John was somehow able to be there and see what took place in the high priest's home. John received the responsibility for caring for Mary, the mother of Jesus, while Jesus was being crucified on the cross. And so he was, I believe, Jesus' closest friend on earth, and therefore Jesus gave him the care of his mother. John was one of the first visitors to the tomb after Jesus was raised from the dead. He's spoken of repeatedly as the disciple that Jesus loved. He was the last surviving member of the original Twelve and may have lived as long as 70 years after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And so, reportedly, John was buried in Ephesus and reportedly next to where Mary was buried. Uh, There's an extra-biblical story or several about John who apparently spent his remaining last years going around and restoring believers who had renounced Jesus in the face of persecution. And who but this loving disciple of Christ would have been able to restore someone who had rejected Jesus and renounced him to avoid persecution. And so now, as we move toward the Scripture itself, let's read from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, 
to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become the children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in close relationship with the Father, has made him known to us. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but freely said, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Finally, they said, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees, who had been sent to question him, asked, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one who you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was the one I meant when I said, A man comes after me who has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God! When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that afternoon with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. 
The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Friends, these are some of the most majestic words that were ever penned about our Lord Jesus Christ. And John begins by placing Jesus right in the midst of the creation narrative. He imitates the wording from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, that begins with, In the beginning, God created. In John's narrative in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. Now, this is deliberate on John's part. He's putting Jesus right in the center of the creation narrative. And so he goes on, In the beginning was the Word. He's talking about Jesus. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. So notice that he's calling Jesus, the Messiah, the Word, and saying the Word was with God, something separate from God, but with God. But the Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so this early look from John at the Trinity. He was with God in the beginning. And verse 3 says, Through him all things were made, without him Nothing was made that has been made. Now, this agrees with the rest of the New Testament, that Jesus was the vehicle, if you will, of the Godhead for creation. Through him, all things were made. And so he's the creator. He's part of the Godhead. He's not just a a created being himself or something less than God. He was right in the beginning in the Genesis narrative, in the, the stages of creation. He was the vehicle of the Godhead, if you will through which creation was made, and nothing has been made except through him. All things were made uh, by him and through him, and nothing was made that has been made without him. And so it goes on to say he was in the world, but the world didn't recognize him, even though the world had been made through him. This is verse 10. So once again, he's the creator. In John 1.14, he says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Friends, that's literally He tabernacled among us. And so Jesus, the eternal God, became flesh and dwelled among mankind. John went on to say, We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. So John's an eyewitness to these things. And then John recounts that John the Baptist saw Jesus and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Friends, that's why He came into the world, to be God's Lamb, to take away the sins of the world. And John, a second time in verse 35, saw Jesus and once again called Him the Lamb of God. So, Lord, I pray that you would quicken to us the reality of who Jesus was. He was in the beginning with you, Father God. 
Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. And Lord, he was in the world, but the world did not recognize him. May we recognize him now. Lord, you sent him, and he became flesh and dwelled among us. Lord, he's no longer flesh dwelling among us, but he's still your only son, part of the Godhead, forever dwelling with you, Lord. Help us to recognize Jesus as the Lamb of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.